0: Welcome to Late Night Riders. On this episode, we talk to Heather Caristo. Heather talks about being prepared for the show ring, both mentally and physically.
1: And she talks about how to balance life. Um, As being a strong athlete herself, she also works with her horses as they are athletes, but she talks about that balance then of how to do the show jumping and have a life outside of horses as well.
0: So enjoy! Enjoy! Welcome to Late Night Riders. I'm Gretchen, and I'm joined by my mom, Kristen, my grandma, Debbie, and Heather.
2: Hi, Hi. Heather.
0: Heather, can you tell us a little bit about how
3: you got started in horses? Sure. Um, My family actually has a a horse farm. I grew up on Long Island at their horse farm and started riding from a very young age. I was basically born at the barn, so horses, (laughs) they're literally part of my blood. Uh, like I said my parents have done it for forever my dad is a trainer my mom is a rider and also was a trainer at one point in her life and um, yeah I basically grew up Mm. at the barn and riding every free moment that I that I had and uh, that's how I got started.
2: So how did your parents get involved in this Are both into horses was this like generational or did they start in it on their own?
3: My dad started on his own um, he just started as a child working at a local barn mm. on Long Island and then as he discovered how much he liked it, um, he started to operate a business uh, with another man and then eventually that man left the business to him and he continued it on and my mother was a trainer at the barn <laughs> wow. and uh, that's how they met and he was she was also the rider at one point and mm. Yeah. And then the rest is history. Boy. So what was it like growing up with like
0: two parents that were very prominent in the horse world? Did you mm-hmm. feel pressure to also
3: make that your career? I mean, I think that there's always a little bit of pressure in every, in any family business, but it's a good thing that it's something that I love to do. Yeah. Um, I did take a bit of time away from the sport. I had a, a back injury that took me away from riding professionally for a little while. And that allowed me to explore some other things. I worked in New York City for a little while. I'm a licensed massage therapist for humans and for horses. And I was able to explore a little bit more um, different facets of life. And at the end of the day, it, like I said, this is in my blood, so I came back to mm-hmm. it. And now mm-hmm. um, now I'm, I'm hoping that my husband and I will be able to take off from where my parents, uh, or take on where my parents leave off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know a lot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I just, uh, this is just a question that with that back injury that you had, you've done so much, which we haven't even talked about yet. But, I mean, um, do you feel that what you gained from your um, being a licensed uh, massage therapist and things like that helped you? I know you've got so many things we haven't even talked about yet, but have you overcome that at this point? Or I know that's a big thing for a writer with your back.
3: So um, my back injury was mostly wear and tear. And um, to be honest, I wasn't the healthiest person. I I didn't really exercise as much as I should. I didn't really keep my core as strong as I should have been. And um, I maybe took that a little bit for granted in my late teens and early 20s. And with the amount of riding I was doing, I really need to keep up with that kind of thing. So that's how the back injury developed. Mm -hmm. Taking the time off and becoming a massage therapist was invaluable for me because mm. not only did it give me a chance to heal my back, but I also learned so much about the human body um, and all the muscles and how we can thrive and, and how we have to be very conscious of our positioning and, um, and our conditioning. Mm-hmm. So it allowed me to learn, like you said, all these different things that I was able to fix within myself so now i'm much more conscious of core work and exercise and Mm -hmm. cardio Mm -hmm. um, which then i have translated over to riding it's been able it's allowed me to now be a professional riding i know how to keep myself Mm -hmm. in the proper shape to be able to be successful with the horses but also i learned a lot about how muscles work and how they develop and they grow and I've taken that with me in terms of my training of the horses now, Mm -hmm. Um, I think about, I was also a runner at one point, or I still am a runner, but Mm -hmm. I ran a lot during the time when my back was healing and everyone Mm -hmm. said, oh, it's crazy, that's supposed to be so bad for your back, but actually what it did is it helped strengthen my core. Mm -hmm. So I was able to take the training that I learned from training myself, as well as the massage therapy background about taking care of your muscles and their recovery and now I translate that over not only to myself as a rider but also to my horses and, and their conditioning wow.
1: that's, yeah that's pretty that's neat Yep, because you've done so much I can't believe maybe I'm getting ahead of us I hope I'm not but I mean no, you're okay marathons and over 25 marathons I know <laughs> if, I, if I'm if my numbers are wrong tell me but then oh, also right. Absolutely iron, correct. iron man triathlon several yes. times an unbelievable unbelievable athlete
3: thank you so much um like i said i was not the healthiest and didn't really take care of myself as much as i should have when i was younger and it caught up with me at an early enough age to where i really could make a change
0: wow that's important mm.
3: for sure so can thank we go you. back to the beginning of your
0: career when did you start showing and actually um being more competitive in
3: like show jumping so I had a lot of ponies growing up, and because my parents have a sales barn, um, it really afforded me a lot of opportunities that other riders didn't have. So I got to ride a lot of different types of horses and ponies, and that gave me a, a wealth of experience that you know maybe some other people didn't have. I was able to um, do pretty well in the pony division at a, at a younger age, probably 12, 13, 14 um were my fanciest ponies that i had Aww. they were they were not necessarily bought as the fanciest pony they were a bit rogue and a little bit difficult and that's how <laughs> we ended up with them <laughs> but um my mother was very instrumental in terms of helping me figure out how to best train a certain pony or or a certain type of horse my sisters were also involved also in the business at that time so they, they helped me with, um, with my ponies and my horses at that time. Uh, so I was able to have some success at a younger age, mainly because of family support. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Did you mm-hmm. explore other disciplines or how did you come up with knowing that this is what you wanted to do ultimately?
3: Well, it's basically what my family does. We do English mm-hmm. riding, we do show jumping. So that was, that was where I was, was mm-hmm. led into. I would love to try different disciplines. I actually was part of something called the Equestrian Triathlon, which um, mm. is a charity event down in, in Wellington, Florida. Yeah. And it benefits the Boys and Girls Club of Wellington. And it's great because it takes a dressage rider, a show jumper, and a polo player, and we each yeah. have to practice the other person's discipline. Oh, cool! Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's really fun. And they, I mean, to ride a trained dressage horse is a phenomenal feeling, and something that I haven't really experienced. So that was that was so awesome for me uh-huh. to be able to try those different parts of the sport. I'm not very good at polo. I'm <laughs> I wondered about that with the mallet, you know, <laughs> yeah. not coordinated with the mallet. Uh, but I, I mean, I would love to try cutting horses and reining horses. And I would love to try it all. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to try too many other disciplines, but Mm -hmm. I I do believe that you can find something for your own discipline through the other, um, you know, what other disciplines have to teach. I mean, Mm -hmm. to work with a horse, even though the disciplines are separate, the the animal is always the same.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. So you showed abroad. Did you um
0: like that did you prefer that to the united states or what what was different about showing um overseas
3: i mean i don't really know if there was a preference of the united states versus europe i think being able to show in europe um and in other countries i i also was able to show in africa actually at one mm-hmm. point That's really um cool. but mm-hmm. being able to show in, in different countries is just so exciting in its in its own right um I had so much fun getting to know the people and um, getting to learn about the culture seeing what they do differently mm-hmm. sometimes they have a different style of, uh, of equipment and mm-hmm. something that I can learn there and bring back um, but I really I think the thrill of being able to show against top riders in in other countries is mainly what I take take home with me right. um I think, yeah, just the excitement of being in a different country and competing against Mm -hmm. all these other top riders, you know, it's just, that to me is the coolest part about all of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, did you take your own horses over there or um, did you use horses that were already over there?
3: So in two instances, when I was younger, I did compete in South Africa and I did compete in Brazil. I borrowed horses, but mainly I would bring my own. But it does get expensive, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have to really be sure that uh, we're ready. It's not something to take lightly.
1: You're so young, but you've done this for so long. So (laughs) those, you know, the competition, you're probably so used to it. Is there anything that you would want to tell anybody about, you know, the, the competition and the jitters that you get or the, you know, staying focused and how to stay you know some little tips on staying focused that type of thing you're such a great writer it's it's you know but other people want to learn from you too you know
3: well I have to say that I still do get nervous Um, I think that if you don't get nervous then you don't want it enough (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I I do get nervous sometimes walking the courses occasionally I'll even put um, earphones in and just put music on that I like to listen to to sort of keep me calm sometimes what I get nervous about is hearing what, how other people yes. want to mm-hmm. do the course right. with their own horse. And yeah. then I kind of doubt myself for a moment and say, should yeah. I be doing what they're doing? Right. And, you know, And right. I think being able to sort of stay within my own realm yeah. with my, head, my headset mm-hmm. um, helps me to be able to analyze the course more, more properly for myself sure. and not be swayed by maybe what other people want to do with their horses. Mm-hmm. I have to just be confident in the fact that I know my horse mm-hmm. and I'm gonna try to do what's right for him. Uh, in the in-gate though, it, it can be very nerve-wracking. You know, mm-hmm. You're know, you watching the person go before you. Oh, yeah. you know, I, and what I will do is go over the course in my head. I'll think about exactly what it is that I want to do, how I want to ride a certain line, what I want to do in a corner, Maybe there's a spooky jump that when I go in the ring, I want to show my horse. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I just try to go over and solidify the game plan. Yeah. I find that being able to do that makes me feel more secure in my game plan. Mm-hmm. And then it's easier to go out there and ride the game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and things things change. <laughs> things yeah. don't always go to plan. But I think that initially going in there with a solid plan allows you to be able to quickly make a decision if you need to and change, change something if need be without it unraveling you.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I do also, I do speak with a sports psychologist once in a while mm-hmm. who helps me mm-hmm. really keep my emotions in check, understand that, you know, when I go out there, I've got yes. a job to do mm-hmm. and yes. the best way for me to be able to do that. Um, trying to think of some other things when I'm nervous if there's a particular element of a course that you know has been nagging me maybe maybe a a right rollback turn Mm -hmm. then I'll make sure that at home prior to the show I practice that right rollback turn so I know that when I get in the ring I have a better shot of doing it the right way the first time
1: what I also like to have read about you is that you your priority is your horse you want to be sure that your horses comes first you said you know yep. and i think that ethically is so wonderful i think that i'm sure that you gain so much trust in each other your confidence in each other grows but um uh are there things that you would say that you would tell people that you know they should think about maybe after showing at the level that you have to think a little bit more about their horses at all in anything that you see that you think is good for people to know
3: Well, actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to rewind to even before you show Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to me, so much of the relationship of the horse and rider, you know, in the show ring comes from home. I mean, 99% of it in my, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I really try to do everything that I can at home to build a nice rapport together so that the horse trusts me. Like you said, for me, confidence of the horse in the rider and the rider in the horse is key. Mm-hmm. You you don't really get very far if your horse doesn't trust you mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start at home and I... I tack my own horses up most of the time. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm running behind mm-hmm. or I have a lot to do, then I mm-hmm. do have a wonderful group of girls yeah. that can help me mm-hmm. um, continue along, so mm-hmm. I can get everything done. Mm-hmm. But I do like to take the time to groom them mm-hmm. and get to know them, and it's you know, it, then I get to mm-hmm. know each part of them, mm-hmm. so that then fast forward to after the show, I'll know if something is different. You know, how is how is the horse's leg? Did it have a bump there before I started? Is that new? Is you know, I think that being able to take care of your horse and and have them trust you even just on the ground yeah. mm-hmm. will help so much for after show care as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be a little bit more in tune to how they feel and what they're trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do I try to do so much by by feel. I don't like to push the horse to a point that they are uncomfortable in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I have to know as a rider, for instance, for their fitness. How much can I push them to be at the proper level of fitness Mm -hmm. for for competition without pushing them so far to potentially have an injury? Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's so many little nuances, and I do find that working with them one-on-one really can help me understand them a little bit more and then hopefully be able to prevent an injury, like I said, or Um, Just if something isn't right, if they have a bellyache, if, you know, something's bothering them in their ear, you know, they can't speak to us, obviously, the way that we speak to each other. So it's just a different Mm -hmm. version of listening. Sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. Does that massage therapy then when you're working with them? I'm, I'm sure that tells you quite a bit then, too. Do you do that quite often with them?
3: I would love to say that I do it a lot with them, but the truth is is that currently my time is really divided up in other in other avenues right now. And it's hard for me to work on my own horses because when they see me, they think time to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't Mm -hmm. see me and think, Let's relax. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's relax and be zen right now. You know, for Mm -hmm. when they see me, they think, Okay, it's time to focus it's time to to jump or compete or whatever the case may be it's just mm-hmm. a little bit of a different mentality when they see sure. me so for me to work on my own horses sometimes I do but I feel like the benefit um would be better received by someone else mm-hmm. 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 that's mm-hmm. a good tip mm-hmm. that is Mm-hmm. So
0: you eventually joined your family's business. Can you talk a little bit about your role, um, what
3: your family's business is to begin with, and then like your role in that? Sure, so my parents um, have the farm and have had the farm for many, many years. And at one point I I had also mentioned that my sisters also worked for the family business. Um, Now I'm the only one here (laughs) of the sisters. So they have a sales business. My father is an agent for a lot of different people that are looking for horses to buy or have a horse to sell. We also import young horses from Europe. And then I work with them and bring them along and then hopefully sell them. And then we also have clients where I teach them how to ride their own horse. Um, I try to further their horse Along, so that they're easier for their owners in the long run. Um, again, teaching the owners how to ride better and be more competitive in the show ring, and then we also have my own personal horses, um, which we invest in at a young age and then bring along. And if I feel like they really are something special, then usually we keep them. And I try to, I try to go as high as I can with them mm-hmm. in the in the horse world. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been extraordinarily lucky that we have imported two horses at a young age of five mm-hmm. and i've brought them along to ages 15 one of them's 15 and mm-hmm. one of them's 13 mm-hmm. and at one point in their own career they each were able to compete for the united states team
1: wow. over
3: overseas which oh, is a really big that's, deal yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: that's a big thing <laughs> wow unbelievable so
3: my role at the barn is everything from um, a rider, a trainer of people, a trainer of horses, and sometimes my own groom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I also And also I, I drive the trailer. <laughs> I do and, a little bit of everything.
1: And I've heard you're a vocalist as well, too. Is that correct? That you can I'm, you're a good vocalist.
3: Oh, am I thank you. I don't know. I mean I, I enjoy karaoke. <laughs> there you go, okay, there you go. How, how do you
1: with all these things you do, how do you how do you balance it all? How do you find the balance?
3: Oh, gosh. I think that it's a daily struggle. <laughs> oh. um, I I would love to say that it's very easy, but it, it isn't. Um, there are days where I feel overwhelmed, just like everybody else. Um, and I really, I rely on my husband, who is my right-hand man. He also works in the business. Mm-hmm. He is extraordinarily good at organizing things, and especially things in my life, which... Uh. Perfect example, he set up this whole Skype thing for me (laughs) Thank you so much. So that I could (laughs) come from the barn, you know, and then just come right in here and everything was all ready for me. He's he's so incredible in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then actually I said, I'm so sorry, but this one horse got a cut in turnout. Do you mind to go take care of that while I do this? Uh. So it's nice that we can really help each other out that way. I also think that you know having my family around me is always a big support. Mm-hmm. Um, at times it can be challenging, but at the same time, at the end of the day, we all have the same goal, which is you know for everyone to do well and the horses to be in a great place, um, and for success in the show ring. Mm-hmm. So it's a big help for me personally that everybody has that same goal. Mm-hmm. I also have a fantastic group of girls at the barn right now who... I know would have my back no matter what Uh, if i was running late somewhere i could you know hand off a horse and i would feel mm -hmm. totally confident that they would get the proper care and if you know if i have to run to teach a lesson somewhere and i need to have someone else ride one of my horses i am fully uh confident that they would be able to do that too so the balance Mm -hmm. comes from a lot of different um people and and basically a lot of different people that are able to be around me Uh, and keep me keep me on point Um, I do also really try to make time to do other things Mm -hmm. because the horse business as in any business um, can be very consuming Mm -hmm. and it has so many uh, mental ups and downs Mm -hmm. and it's so important to have other things Mm -hmm. so that if I have a bad day riding or at the show that I am not just down and out Mm -hmm. for the next few days or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. I know I can go for a run I can Mm -hmm. take some photographs I can go do karaoke with the girls there you go go. yeah Um, Yeah. so I really I try to to have other facets where I can like outlets if you will Mm -hmm. so that I can keep a good head and myself focused for for my main job which is to make sure that the horses are in a good place and we can be set up for success
0: Now, are you still running? Are
3: you still running marathons?
1: Unbelievable.
3: So I try to do at least one race a year. Hmm. Uh, Truth be told, I was signed up for a marathon in April, which during the Florida circuit, I I just couldn't really put in the miles to train for it. So I did downgrade to the half. I will admit that. Hmm. However, I did do a marathon the year before, and I am signed up for one in January. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's
1: amazing. Heather, how, how long, approximately, like, a day or in the week, you know, do you feel like, you know, each day is kind of somewhat dedicated to your writing and then to, like, your running, just to give people an idea as to, you know, the amount of time that you put into this is just has to be unbelievable. <laughs>
3: we start usually somewhere between 6.30 and 7 every morning at the barn, and I am out there right from the get-go. Uh, and then I pretty much ride straight through until about 2.00. Two, maybe three, sometimes depending on lessons or how many horses I have to ride that day. And then it's really the big push to try to do something after work. Mm-hmm. It's it's not easy to to then after being so physical all day just stick on some running sneakers and off I go. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is not that easy. So Mm-mm. when I do have my races like that I've signed up for, I try to plan them a little bit better around my schedule where I don't have quite so many competitions mm-hmm. because really to do both is yeah. very very difficult mm-hmm. so like I said the last time I had to downgrade <laughs> because I knew I didn't have the proper training and you know that's that's something that's fun for me so I didn't want to chance an injury from that right. um, but in in general I try to run at least three times a week and I like to keep enough of a base in the running mileage so that if I do decide to train for a marathon, I don't have to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. I right. also I also really need it as a as sort of a downtime for yeah. me. Some people mm-hmm. meditate oh, yeah. and I run. <laughs> it's such a good thing. It clears your head
1: and just the uh... yes. The runner's high and that mm-hmm. type of thing when you get to that place is just, it feels so good. You just, you become addicted basically. But yeah. same thing with horses. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, well, just so it's I'm in sorry, your blood. To,
3: to answer your question, though, I try, if I don't run in the morning, um, then I will try to run in the afternoon. But truth be told, I, I really have to get up early and I've got to want the miles in the <laughs> right. Yeah. After all day of riding, um, then it is it is really hard to strap on those shoes and go.
2: Oh yeah. (laughs) Do you run on the treadmill or are you more of an outside runner?
3: I am a road runner. (laughs) Road runner. You can you can put me on a highway and I'll see you in a few hours. Wow. (laughs) I don't
2: need. I don't
3: need scenery. I don't need. I don't need music. I just. Oh my goodness. I just go.
1: (laughs) And and the heat and everything. I mean, you are just. That's that's.
3: Sometimes in the heat, but I will say that my. I don't really compete in the marathons anymore there there was a time when i was trying to get you know be the fastest i could Mm -hmm. and now it's just mainly for my own relaxation and Mm -hmm. mental well-being so i Mm -hmm. I will. I will absolutely skip a day if it's really mm. hot out. I'm not quite that crazy. <laughs> mm. do, so, mm. do family
2: members? Do any of your family members run with you or ride with you? Or how much family time do you do with those two things that you do? Uh,
3: my my parents are out in the barn every day. Okay. Usually, my dad, you know, is taking care of the bills and whatnot in the office. Um, and my mother still rides. Hmm. So she comes out and she rides, and then you know. It's, it's very much a family business, so we are definitely around each other all the time for mm-hmm. the horses. Um, my mother has done three or four half-marathons. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. She does, yeah, she does um, like, a walk-run, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's awesome. It's really great. She's definitely an inspiration to me that mm-hmm. at her age she she still cool. gets out there and does it. I'm, I'm not going to say that I agree with her training methods, which are virtually <laughs> nothing, but she she will try to, to get out there and do the race itself, but maybe not for time, but for, for enjoyment. Her.
1: Well, she's definitely done it. If she's done a half marathon, that type of thing, I give her a lot of credit. Good for her. Yay. You know, aw, that's wonderful. How many horses do you have at your burn then?
3: We have usually somewhere between 20 and 24 the number horses. changes a bit mm-hmm. um sure. throughout the summer and then again in florida throughout the winter but usually we try to stick with 20 to 24 because i feel like that's a manageable amount for mm-hmm. a family business
1: okay mm-hmm.
0: that's a lot of horses going yes, in and it's out a with lot of work things. all day that, like
1: an eight hour a day with the horses and then to go run or do whatever i'm like i just i don't know how you do it <laughs>
0: Yeah. Aww. Now are you a morning person? Are you able to get up at
3: 6:30 and be out and Oh yeah. Aww. Oh yeah. And actually I think I've been getting up so early in general for my life that usually I, I can't sleep past 5 5 or 5:30. Oh, wow. No. But I, but I'm also in bed by 8:30.
1: Okay, <laughs> so it evens out. It evens
0: out.
3: I not burn the candle
1: at both ends. <laughs> I feel really. I, I'd be rough if you told me I went to bed late. So I'm glad to hear that you go to bed at that time. That makes <laughs> so me feel a little I'm better. Very early in bed. <laughs> That's good. It makes me feel better about you too. That you're taking care of yourself.
0: So what's next for you? What are you planning on doing in the next couple of years? Competition-wise,
3: um, just for yourself. Um, I would love to get to the level again where I can compete for the, the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, there's really no feeling that's like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty special to be able to compete for your country, and mm-hmm. I would love to be able to do a real championship. I've done a couple of Nations Cups, which are amazing in their, you know, they are amazing competitions. However, that next level is the championship level, and I would really love to to progress enough and have my horse in a good enough place that we can do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one that's up and coming, a seven-year-old, his name is Celtic Hero, mm-hmm. and we got him last year and I really believe that he could be the real deal. So mm-hmm. I may have to wait until he has enough experience to reach that level. but I do think that he could be my next shot mm-hmm. um, at the big leagues wow. again.
1: Well, we can't, wait. we can't wait to see you there, so we'll be watching. <laughs> I would love that. Thank
0: you. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll enter our next segment, Canter Banter.
2: Do you love horses and live the equestrian lifestyle? Be sure to check out our brand-new blog at www.yourhorsefarm.com. We publish three posts per week and feature a free printable equine checklist every month. Yourhorsefarm.com is a great equine online resource, so be sure to share with all the horse lovers in your life, and remember laugh much and ride often. Our next segment, Cancer Banter, is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing Installs, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984.
0: Welcome back. On this segment of Canter Banter, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the transition from hunter to jumper.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So my parents and I had invested in a horse that we bought for my mother, and he was originally bought as a hunter. So that means very smooth style, judged on how the horse jumps. He has to be very slow, and he has to be very correct in his form. And it's just, I I like to compare it to figure skating. And then that horse, um, I mean, he was being very good, but my mother thought, well, maybe you should try him. So I started riding him, and I rode him as a hunter. And I thought, you know, he actually feels pretty athletic. Although at the time, he was pretty overweight and not very fit. And so I took him over, and I started to jump a bigger fence with him. And he started to trim down and he got a lot more muscular mm-hmm. and I started to do some really big jumps and then I started to do some really big competitions and all of a sudden this this figure skater had to go into the hockey world <laughs> <laughs> And he, I didn't know how he was going to react with this transition and I, I guess he was just born to be a jumper because um. He suddenly had more energy than I knew what to do with. He was wild in the schooling areas, which is the practice arena prior to the show ring. Um, So much so that I think I was accidentally interrupting other people's schooling prior to going in the ring (laughs) because he was bucking and he was kicking out at other horses and... He was just Happy being so silly, <laughs> um, never, ever, ever trying to get me off or like have me fall. It was nothing like that. There was nothing malicious behind it, but he was just having so much fun. Oh, uh... <laughs> and it, it's, it's just kind of really funny that we were able to take a horse from that had such a different personality to start with um, up to the top level of the sport yeah. uh, in the jumper ring. And it's it's pretty unbelievable, actually, that that one can make that transition because not too many horses can do that. Wow. Um, he Good. enjoyed it so much, in fact, that he he was able to be so lighthearted and and fun and happy. And he took me to pretty much the biggest competitions that I've ever been wow. that I've ever done. Wow. And it's just kind of funny to think about the fact that my mother was riding him hmm. and jumping maybe two that's foot cute. six. That's <laughs> all, and then that's so cute. here I am getting on him and then jumping almost six foot two. Wow, <laughs> That's just
2: crazy. That's yeah. what I was going to ask. What's the yeah. difference in the height, jump size? The height, yeah, so, yeah.
3: It's, quite, it's quite a big difference. Yes, that is
2: <laughs> so It did it. take a
3: lot of time. It's not like this is something that happened overnight but he was so receptive to trying this different avenue of a sport where you don't have to be quite so perfect. Mm-hmm. He was allowed to act up, and he was allowed to kick out and be silly and <laughs> um, and have fun, and I think that he really enjoyed it so much that we were able to, together, reach the top level.
1: Uh, that's awesome. Did he, he acted this way in, like, your practice ring when you first started, but then was he all business once you got into the ring to do your your course or did he have
3: business in the shower <laughs> was, he, was he? he he just he, he had, had so bud. much fun you know I would go in the ring and then you have to wait for a tone to to start before you can actually begin the the course uh-huh. and he would squeal and oh, he would he kick loved out it. and he, yeah he would go he sideways loved and it. And people thought, oh, my gosh, this horse is so wild. How That's what I wondered what him? people thought. Right. But, right. At, but at home, he was the laziest horse. You could not get him going. <laughs> so he just, I think, you know, allowing him the freedom of the jumper ring mm-hmm. just allowed his personality to flourish. And Sweet. he was just such a ham. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. He liked the attention. <laughs> he, he really
1: did. He uh... very much did. He made it to the top, didn't he? So did you with him, which is pretty, you know, your bigger, yeah. How sweet.
3: was really pretty amazing. And he was the first horse that I competed for the United States with. Mm-hmm. And he was the first horse that I won a, uh, no, I'm sorry. He was not the first horse I won a Grand Prix on, but I did win a Grand Prix with him. Mm-hmm. And then he was the first horse I showed in Europe um, mm-hmm. myself. And he he was a lot of firsts for me but Uh, first and foremost he started out as a hunter for my mother that's so cute how sweet is that just to also let you in a little bit on his personality his name was evening star which is a pretty formal name for for a horse and his nickname was macaroni (laughs) (laughs) he was kind of like that macaroni pony that there's i think there's like a stuffed animal or a book or storyline and He just, he was so goofy all the time, and um, he just, he had so much personality. I did retire him last year. Mm. Uh, He is having an amazing retirement up on John Madden's farm, Mm, where ZZ has her horses up there. So he has turned out with a lot of equestrian royalty, Mm. so to speak. With a lot of really amazing international horses. Mm -hmm. So I'm very lucky that he is up there, and I know he's well taken care of. And Mm -hmm. I get pictures of of him all the time. Uh, That's so sweet. Uh, Yeah, He's definitely um, the family pet. (laughs) uh, That's a wonderful story. Mm -hmm. Uh Well, Heather,
0: thank you so much for your time. Um, We really loved podcasting with you um thank you so much this was so much fun for me too <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all of your equestrian family and friends you can tune into the late night riders podcast show every friday night each episode will be uploaded exclusively on youtube where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows do you have a topic you'd like to discuss we want to hear from you you may email us at podcast at rampants.com or feel free to leave a comment below thank you again for listening